Hey y'all, we're rerunning two episodes today, which means you might hear two hosts. Enjoy the show. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy B. Wilson and it's September 12th. Victorian poets Robert Browning and Elizabeth Barrett eloped on this day in 1846. Elizabeth was born, Elizabeth Barrett, on March 6th, 1806, in County Durham, England. She was the eldest of 11 children of Edward Moulton Barrett and Mary Graham Clark. Her family was really well-off, and she was bright and precocious and something of a tomboy, as well as being a very gifted student. She was very bright and mostly self-taught. She started writing from a very young age, and although her father was extremely strict, he also really encouraged her writing. She was also chronically ill, and given the state of medical care at the time, the treatments that she got were not effective. Mostly, she was given laudanum, which, in addition to not treating the problem, was also addictive. Robert Browning was born May 7, 1812, in a suburb of London into a middle-class family. His father was a clerk at the Bank of England, Like Elizabeth, he liked to learn and was mostly self-taught, and he also liked to write. But his writing wasn't as well-received as hers was. But by the 1840s, Elizabeth was well-known as a writer. She even got fan mail. And in 1844, she published a collection of works that included the poem Lady Geraldine's Courtship. It was a poem about a young poet of modest means who falls in love with the daughter of an earl. In it, the young poet talks about reading poems aloud to his beloved, including the lines, quote, from Browning, some pomegranate, which, if cut deep down the middle, shows a heart within blood tinctured of a veined humanity. Robert Browning got a copy of this collection, and he realized that there was his name right there and a reference to his work right there in the work of the very famous poet Elizabeth Barrett, In January of 1845, he wrote her a letter that said, I love your verses with all my heart, dear Miss Barrett. And later on in that same letter, he said, I love you too. Elizabeth wrote him back the very next day. They kept up their correspondence with regular romantic letters, although Elizabeth didn't think she was ever going to marry. Number one, she was in her late 30s, so she was basically considered to be a spinster. And there was also the issue of her health, which kept her in bed most of the time. There was also the fact that her father had forbidden his children to marry. There are a lot of conjectures about why her father made this proclamation. One hypothesis is that he thought the family had what he called mixed blood and that he wanted to put an end to their line because of that. They were descended from people who owned a plantation in Jamaica, and he was apparently afraid that they were descended from the owner and an enslaved woman, which might actually have applied to Robert Browning as well. Finally, though, Elizabeth Barrett allowed Robert Browning to call on her on May 20th of 1845 at about three in the afternoon. He was immediately besotted. But from there, their correspondence became a little strained, with Elizabeth maybe wondering if his feelings were sincere or feeling like he was coming on too strong or maybe just being afraid of her father's reaction. In 1846, though, Elizabeth's doctor told her she would not survive another winter in England and that she needed to go to Italy for the sake of her health. Her father absolutely refused to let her go. 
So she finally agreed to marry Robert Browning in secret, even though she was sure she would lose her father if she did. So they got married. And then for the next week, they acted as though nothing had happened so that Elizabeth could prepare to go to Italy. When they left, her father never forgave her. However, Robert and Elizabeth Barrett Browning lived the rest of their lives in Italy together. They had a son together in 1849, and she died in Robert's arms after 15 years of marriage on June 29th of 1861. You can learn more about all of this, including Robert's life after Elizabeth's death, in the February 15th, 2012 episode of Stuff You Missed in History class called Elizabeth Barrett and Robert Browning in Love. You can subscribe to this day in history class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks to Tari Harrison for her audio work on this show, and you can tune in tomorrow for an incredible injury. Hey guys, welcome to this day in history class, where we bring you a new tidbit from history every day. The day was September 12, 1974. Emperor of Ethiopia Haile Selassie was deposed by Marxist Colonel Mengistu Haile Mariam. Just under a year later, Haile Selassie died. Haile Selassie was born to Fare Makonnen in 1892 in Harar, Ethiopia. At this time, Menelik II was Emperor of Ethiopia. Menelik II was known for expanding and modernizing Ethiopia, as well as defeating an Italian military expedition. He made Addis Ababa his capital and attempted to suppress the slave trade. Haile Selassie's father was a chief advisor to Menelik II. By the time Haile Selassie was a teenager, his father had made him commander of a local militia. After his father died, Haile Selassie was appointed to be governor of a small province by Menelik II. A few years later, he was promoted to a larger province. Then a couple of years after that, he was made governor of Harar. His policies were progressive, as he tried to limit the feudal power of nobility by increasing the power of the central government. He developed a salaried civil service and created a court system that gave legal rights to the peasantry. But when Menelik II died and his grandson Lij Iyasu succeeded him, Lij Iyasu was viewed as pro-Muslim and unpopular with Ethiopia's Christian majority. Haile Selassie was an Amhara, which is an Ethiopian ethnic group formed mostly of Orthodox Christians. He was educated in the tenets of the Coptic Church. He rose as a prominent voice in the Christian resistance against Lij Iyasu, whom he deposed in 1916. Menelik II's daughter, Zauditu, then became Empress, and Haile Selassie, or Ras Tafari as he was known, was named Prince, Regent, and Heir to the Throne. Zauditu was conservative and focused on religion, while Haile Selassie maintained his progressive stance. He replaced conservative members on the Council of Ministers with his pro-reform supporters. Cars, a printing press, telephone service, and a reformed justice system were introduced. Ethiopia was admitted to the League of Nations in 1923. He got international attention as he traveled to France, Sweden, England, and other countries. And in 1928, 
he was named Negus, or King, under pressure from his supporters. Jamaicans developed Rastafari, a religion which has adherents who believe that Haile Selassie was the second coming of Christ. Two years after he was appointed king, Zalditu died and Haile Selassie was coronated as emperor. At that point, he changed his name from Rastafari to Haile Selassie, which means power of the Trinity. He enacted Ethiopia's first constitution in 1931, creating a two-chamber parliament with a popularly elected lower house, though he could overthrow parliamentary decisions. He continued his efforts at modernization and centralizing power by strengthening police forces, establishing provincial schools, and other measures. But after Italy invaded Ethiopia in 1935, Haile Selassie was forced into exile. When he returned to Ethiopia, he started again on his modernization efforts with an emphasis on education. At the same time, the government was becoming more corrupt and despite appearances of reform, power still resided in the emperor. In 1960, dissidents seized control of Addis Ababa and called for a true constitutional monarchy with democracy, economic and agricultural reform, and a real effort to end poverty. The resistance was squashed and many of its leaders were executed. Haile Selassie then began to focus on foreign affairs, advocating for pan-Africanism and playing a key role in the creation of the Organization of African Unity. But religious and ethnic conflict was escalating in Ethiopia, and so was dissatisfaction with economic conditions. Famine, unemployment, and political ineptitude led military officers to rebel in 1974. The emperor's cabinet resigned. Haile Selassie and his family members were imprisoned, and the officers formed the DERG, or the Provisional Military Government of Socialist Ethiopia. They accused Haile Selassie of embezzling and causing the famine. Haile Selassie remained imprisoned until his death in 1975. At the time of his death, reports said that he died from complications after a procedure, but evidence later turned up that he had been assassinated by military officers. The Derg declared Marxism-Leninism the state ideology and ruled Ethiopia until 1987. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at T-D-I-H-C Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope to see you again tomorrow for more tidbits of history. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.